When we go out to eat, we never agree on where to go. I want burgers! Pizza! Tacos it is. The one thing we do agree on is, we all want unlimited high-speed data. That's why we switch to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four lines with unlimited LTE data for just $100, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Requires new line. During congestion, the fraction of customers using more than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. Video streams at up to 40p. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions. This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhopper's Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans, episode 26 of Tatooine Sons. This week is our special spoiler-filled solo Star Wars story reaction show. First, we'll give our initial reactions to the movie. Next, we'll head straight into the maelstrom of solo spoilers. And finally, we'll speculate on what happens next. Have we had a long time for a shot like this? It's time for Tatooine Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. Uh, Chicha Star Wars fans. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, what are you waiting for? I know this is the greatest time to be a Star like, Wars fan. Seriously, really? It's amazing what you can have, what what can happen to you if you're a Star Wars fan in this. Yes, era. that's good. Okay, and of course I'm you can't have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So on that note, here's my crazy dad, the bow tie Jedi got. Ooh, changing it up a little bit today. Little bit. Here's my crazy dad, the Ooh. Joe type, the the Joe type better guy. The <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars a solo story. And Joe Ty the Bed Eye Guy. The Bow Tie Jedi Guy. Happy birthday, Samuel the Hutt. Well, thank you. Even though it's a little late. It's a day cool. late, but that's, that's okay. Cool. Not a dollar short, I hope. So that's like a saying, right? Okay. A day late and a dollar short. I'll take your so, word for it. Yeah. So um, you had an interesting birthday. Yeah. I mean, what? Uh, why don't you like start with the basic stuff, like what you did for your party and all that. So, so uh, Thursday... That was that the, was, that was May twenty fourth. That was yeah. yesterday because we're recording on Friday, May twenty fifth. Right. Yeah. So Thursday, May twenty fourth. In case you're listening to this later, I uh, we invited I invited a few of my friends over. We sat there. We had cake, pizza, uh, opened up presents, and then we went to go. See- well, what did we do before we left? Hmm. What did we do before we left? Oh yeah. Well, we watched. Um, the Twin Sons episode of Star Wars Rebels season and, and, three, and there was a really good reason to watch it that day. Yeah, I mean, so so here's the deal. So Saturday, or let's see, that your birthday was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today's Friday. That means your birthday was yesterday, which was yes. Thursday. So I'm getting my days right now. Wednesday night, uh, Sam and Nate were at youth group, 
and I was on Twitter, and I saw a comment by Stephen Stanton, who's our favorite uh, Ben Kenobi. Um, I, personally, I, I would say he's the best Ben Kenobi alive right now. Huh? That's a safe bet. <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, he's pretty, but not only that, is he, he's an awesome Star Wars fan, and he's an awesome guy. And he was, uh, I saw him comment on somebody, a thread that I was following, and I made the comment to him in reply that uh, Samuel the Hutt's birthday uh, was the next day, and Stephen Stanton has mentioned a couple times he's listened to our podcasts, and so he's reinteracted with us a couple of times on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I responded to him that uh, Samuel Hutt's birthday was the 24th, and since Twin Sons is our favorite Star Wars Rebels episode of all time. Ever. Ever. Um, it would be an awesome experience for him to get a, a birthday shout out from Stephen Stanton, which within five minutes, you got a birthday shout out from Stephen Stanton. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but he's not only done Ben Kenobi in Rebels. He did Tarkin in Rebels. He uh-huh. did Tarkin in Clone Wars. He did AP5 He did in AP5. Rebels. And so that means he can sing, because that was a great episode. Uh-huh. That was the best, that. like, great episode. And he was the voice of Tarkin in Rogue One. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, amazing. But it gets better. Yes. So uh, I then proceeded to think, well, now we got Ben Kenobi to give Samuel the Hutt a birthday shout out. So wouldn't it be awesome to get Darth Maul from Rebels, yeah. from our favorite episode, Twin Sons, yeah. uh, to give him a birthday shout out. So I uh, sent out a little tweet to Mr. Whitwer, Sam Whitwer, Mr. Whitwer, and uh, I asked him if he would do that and about hour was it the next day or was it no it was that, it was that night. night yeah it was that night about an hour or so later good old Mr. Sam Whitwer uh, he uh, gave Sam a, a birthday shout out which was an awesome birthday shout out the way he did it too it was like happy birthday my young apprentice or yeah so like he that. like did it in character it was so cool it was awesome and, and he's more than just Darth yeah, Maul yeah so he did Darth Maul in both Rebels and Clone Wars as yeah, well right yeah um He's done, I think he's done the Emperor in a couple of games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He does a great Emperor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like face and all Starkiller from the Force Unleashed games. Yeah, so the Force Unleashed is like one of the best non-canon Star Wars games it's ever made. It's like, Nate and I, it's like one of our favorite games ever. It's such yeah. a fun game. I mean, I, to show you, now this game is about what, 10 years old? It's pretty, yeah, yeah. I would go with about that. I'll just say that I've played that game all the way from start to finish and beaten it. Me too. Uh, when we first got it. So, <laughs> love that game. Uh, love the character of Starkiller in that game. Uh, my, one of my favorite parts of that game is when he's pulling down Star Destroyers. Yes, that was such a fun, fun Oh, uh, oh you, uh, we, got, we got the other bonus levels. You should play them. They're great. They're not they canon. Add story. No, none of this story is canon. Well, I mean, but he's an awesome guy, and it was really cool to get Ben Kenobi and Darth Maul from our favorite episode. So that's why we had to watch Twin Sons. Right. Right. But it doesn't uh, end there. Who else gave you a birthday shout? Well, by extension, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. So when Sam Witwer responded, I was like, I got to try this. Right. So I reached out to at Hamill himself, 
uh, Mark Hamill's Twitter account, and I asked if he would be willing to give a shout out. And about two hours later, we got a notice from a part of the Hamill Hamill's Hamsters or whatever those are. It's this, his Twitter fan club on Twitter. It's like an That's official cool. group. Yeah, um, there's like this group of people that are Twitter fans, and so um, this person is responsible for taking a photo of um, Mark Mark Hamill. We're kind of doing one of his faces pointing at the camera and then putting that person's name on it and saying happy birthday with that person's name. So that that Twitter user reached out on behalf of our camel and asked for Samuel's name. And so I gave him Sam, you know, the name. Because I think when I asked for the um uh, shout out. I may have forgotten to put the name on there, which would have made it hard for him to give you a shout out. Yeah. Um, so this person was awesome to reach out. So we did that. And then we're sitting there. So, so the, later that day she sent the photo or he sent the photo. I think it's a she. That was that night. That night sent the photo of Mark Hamill with happy birthday Samuel on it. It was cool. awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was really neat. And, uh, so then the next evening when we were sitting here at Samuel's party eating pizza, I got a Twitter notification. Yes. And the Twitter notification. Hi, Nate. How are you doing over there, BB Nate? What happened? Why, since you haven't had a chance to really talk oh, much no, because fine. we're talking about Samuel Hutt's birthday. I'm why don't you tell what I did um, at the moment that I got this Twitter notification while we were eating pizza at Sam's birthday well, party? You do it better. I, you you got to do it. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I see on my phone this notification. And I open up Twitter and I go, What? And Should I just have done kept, a warning for headphone users yeah. there. So I did it like four times and everybody at the table is looking at me like, who is this person Lunatic. and why are they doing this? How do you and get then I explained Lunatic? that Mark Hamill liked that tweet himself. So it's by extension, like you said, yeah. a, like, uh, a, a birthday shout out from Mark Hamill, from then, Luke Skywalker. And then I said, you know what? It'd be kind of, I don't remember how we got on the topic, but I'm like, it'd be kind of cool to get a shout out from Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so then I took it as a challenge. So we took a photo. I thought it was kind of, it'd be a cool idea, you know? Yeah, why not? So I, I, I took a photo of all of us at the party with like that pretty please look on our faces and uh, sent it to Ahmed Best, mm-hmm. uh, who played Jar Jar Binks in the prequels and in the Clone Wars. Um, he was the voice in the Clone Wars uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And asked him for a shout out. And this morning when I got up, there it was a shout out from Bar- Jar Jar Binks. For happy birthday. So that was a cool birthday. Yeah. And then after all of that, we go, we watch Twin Sons, we do all that. After all that, we got to go see a Star Wars. It was a fun Star Wars movie too, wasn't it? Yeah. Solo. It was a really fun movie. It was a great movie. Are you ready to start talking maybe a little bit, Nate? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Poor Nathan over here. He's like, what the heck? All right. So why don't we, oh, before we can do that though, we have to go over last week's podcast poll of the week. Uh-huh. Good old Turbis. Uh, talking to us so solo is out um of course since we watched it last night and i guess we're going again tonight after this podcast it's like almost what eight o'clock right now yeah we're gonna go see it at like what 11 45 tonight worth it worth <laughs> it totally crazy we've already seen it and it's okay, so worth uh, it. we want to be careful we don't have to talk about it yet solo is out um and last week we asked you how much you think the film will bring in over memorial day weekend so here is what you thought uh, 34%, uh, well, let's go to the lowest number. 28% went with the original projections from May the 4th of $170 million. So we're not just pulling the numbers out of the hat. This is what, on May the 4th, after the initial pre-sale tickets went on sale, this is what began to be projected as the possible uh, Memorial Day weekend box office take. 120, uh, $170 million, 28% of you said that. It's actually pretty even. $150 million, uh, was what, 34%. 
of our listeners and our Twitter followers uh, chose. And then the winner was 180 million. The one that I at 38 percent. That's what you said, BB Nate. <laughs> what did I, I think I said? 150. I was pessimistic. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Um, well, let's let's get your thoughts, BB Nate. You've seen the movie now. Don't tell us about the movie, but do you think <laughs> after seeing the movie that the momentum will? be large, uh, big enough throughout the weekend that it'll hit that 180 million mark. Um, I think so because it's kind of weird on the first day because everybody's like, everybody's going to go see it so I'm going to wait. Hmm. And so uh, Saturday, not really, but Sunday uh, comes around and people are like, okay, it must be settling down so I'm going to go get my tickets and see, see it more. And so I think that it may And then you it, get to count Monday because yes. of Memorial Day. So, so Monday gets counted in the in the. I, I can see, but it people won't go Memorial Day because everybody has off work off. Well, that might be why they go though. I mean, people go on Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving. They go to movies. Sure, that's true. But I think it'll hit at least one fifty. Well, no, you said one eighty. That's know, what our fans think- said. So. So just to give you a little context for all of our listeners and for you guys, I get your thoughts on this. Thursday's preview night, last night's box office take was fourteen point one million. So it's ten percent of the way, it's basically to that one fifty mark, um, which is the highest Thursday Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, the first day preview thing that it, in the history of Memorial Day weekend in movies. That's oddly specific. It is, but that's because it's Memorial Day weekend and it's a Thursday preview. So you've got to go through that. Um, with it, I guess it beat out one of the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, that opened on a Memorial Day okay. weekend with a Thursday night preview. So it's kind of cool. Uh, Variety and some of the others right now are saying that it's uh, probably only going to get 110 million. Really? At this point, what do you guys think? Do you think it'll it'll go blow past 110? I don't think it'll blow past, but it's going to go past 110. Well, <laughs> I think it'll get like. I know that it won't get like two hundred million. I know it won't get to that spot, but I'm pretty sure it will blow past one eighty. One one ten. Okay. So I think it will. Yeah. Do you think this movie should be considered a flop if it doesn't clear that one forty, one fifty mark? No. No. It's Star Wars. Yeah, I mean I think it's a it's a weird weekend. I was thinking about this earlier. It's uh a lot of graduations take place this week Mm. uh, from high school so people are distracted by that they got family in town they got Memorial Day weekend they got all this kind of stuff it's not traditionally a very good movie weekend um, for uh, the modern movie era Um, and I know this is when the original Star Wars would come out and things like that but I have a feeling it's going to beat all the original Star Wars that came out on this weekend so I think we're in the end it's going to be pretty good any other thoughts on the podcast poll of the week from last week uh no. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. You guys want to start talking about the solo movie? Well, yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's get into it. All right. So we're gonna try to t- talk for just a couple of minutes here um, about our initial reaction to Solo: A Star Wars Story. Um, I'm gonna let you guys go first because I'm trying to hold in my excitement right now and not spill the beans with everything here. But we're gonna do this spoiler-free for the next few minutes. Before we get into spoilers, which we will, and this is going to have a ton of spoilers in it. Before we get into it, um, I will be sure to warn you that we are getting into spoiler territory. Once I've given you that warning, listener, it is all on, and you're at your own risk at this point. So I'm gonna start with BB Nate since Samuel the Hutt has talked a lot already this evening. Hey, um, what's new? Wh- <laughs> that's a good little brother comment there. Um, BB Nate, we've seen it. We've had about 24 hours to process it without 
spoiling anything for the listeners that haven't seen it, what did you think about um, Solo, a Star Wars story? I thought, um, even if you don't think that it's worth it, it definitely is worth a watch. Don't care when, just watch it in the theaters. Because it's better to see it on the big screen because there's so much details that you can see better instead of watching it on your little iPad or something. <laughs> but I think that great great summer film, uh, it felt like a Star Wars movie. It felt like it was in there, like people kept saying it should be, it belonged in the trilogy. And I agree with that. It it belonged in the Star Wars and the. Oh, it, it belonged in the, the story series. in the series of movies. Okay, yes. it wasn't just like fan. It wasn't no. just like a movie that you can you should just ignore. Yes, it's it was it was one that gave a little bit of backstory on some people's favorite character. That a lot of people's favorite character, a lot of important people's favorite character. Mm. I wouldn't go that far. Well, that's my favorite character. Right, that's why we're <laughs> oh, yeah, important guys. <laughs> right, yeah. But um, I think. Definitely great Star Wars movie to watch and highly recommend it. Okay. You enjoyed it. Samuel the Hutt. How was your birthday movie? Awesome. I just want to say to everyone out there, you know, there's been all that controversy about Alden Ehrenreich needing an acting coach and the, the director, the original directors being fired and all that controversy. Do not worry about it. At all. There's no need to worry about if you like the movie or if it's good. It is phenomenal. Now, Samuel, you're one of your top three movies in the Star Wars saga or Star Wars series of movies is Rogue One, the yes. other Star Wars story. You really, really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. Compare the way that you feel about Solo to the way that you feel about Rogue One. I feel that uh, I, I, I liked Solo better. Seriously? Oh, then Rogue One? Yeah, because Rogue One was like like in your top one or two, maybe three movies. Yeah, Solo's... Really? Easy. Why? Without trying to go into spoilers, just what is the reason that you... Well, I feel like Rogue One, I was big into, like, it was just that initial rush from it, because there was a bunch of little references, and it was a good movie. And the Darth Vader thing at the end. And the Darth Vader thing, and I think that gave me an initial, like, adrenaline rush, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like one of my favorite movies. And and of course, just... um, um, special effects wise with, with Tarkin yes, and things like that phenomenal. that was really intense uh, that mm-hmm. was a cool moment so okay uh, but I think after time it's kind of worn off not saying that it's not a good movie it's a great Star Wars movie but I think that um, Solo's easily, easily beaten it that's interesting so if you were to rank your top three Star Wars movies right now Samuel Hutt, what would those be Last Jedi Empire Solo really yeah and that's going to be kind of surprising because a lot of people um, that I'm seeing on social media and in reviews and things like that that did not like The Last Jedi are loving this movie. And so you've, you've, you're finding it's compatible as far as your fandom goes, no problem. No problem. Okay. Interesting. Samuel, or BB Nate, what would you, you know, how would you compare it to Rogue One, some of the other Star Wars movies? Um, like Sam said, Rogue One has kind of died off for me. Even though you're wearing a Rogue One t-shirt. Yes, but it's the only anthology movie film I have. And I I don't have anything... uh, Clean, that's a solo? Yeah. And we're going to a solo movie tonight? Yes. So So I have to wear... But I do think that Rogue One, by the way, is a great movie, but it just... The more I think about it, the more I'm like... It... Yes, we got to figure out the team that got the Death Star plans, but still, again, it was kind of just like... 
filler movie for Last Jedi. And, and then that's what I thought. And it was great to see it line up at the land. But it, I, like Sam said, Solo did blow past it. You know, if I'm thinking about it, Rogue One didn't have a ton of... There wasn't any like major twist or spoilery moment other yeah. than the fact that everybody dies. And you kind of had... It wasn't that much of a surprise when you think about it. Yeah. Because they're not available in any of the other movies later. Right. So they're, they're probably dead. Um, with it, um, I guess without telling too much, it's pretty safe to say that there was an, a major twist and reveal uh, in Solo, a Star Wars story at the end. Would you guys agree with me on that? I, I, I think major to some people, yes. Major to some people? No, no I don't want to go too crazy, like t- t- too spoilery. So this might get a little spoilery. But All right, we'll just do a tiny little siren here. Tiny little siren. Mini spoiler, mini spoiler, like like 20 seconds, 20, 30 seconds. Okay, go. So it may, some people who haven't looked, uh, who who maybe just watch the movies and don't watch read comics or uh, watch movies or uh, TV shows or whatever, um, they may not quite like or get the twist as much that's as some fair. other people. I think that's, that's what I mean. Okay. That's fair. So. All right. So for me, for my reaction, um, Solo is my guy. Um, I have been um, simultaneously thrilled and terrified <laughs> about this movie since they announced it. The idea of seeing Han Solo and his backstory better um, was thrilling, but then to think of another actor uh, playing uh, Han Solo, uh, not Harrison Ford playing him, was terrifying. And you never know what you're going to get into. And sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. And too much Han Solo could be a problem if it's not done right. And it could ruin what you see about the other sto- the other uh, movies with him in it. Having said that, I absolutely screamed. I laughed. I teared up a couple of times. Not like major, but a <laughs> little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, we'll really? talk about that in the spoiler section. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, gasped. Yes. Um, I high-fived you one time. We'll talk about that in the uh-huh. spoiler section. Uh-huh. Um, it was everything I could have hoped it would have been. Um, I've and said this more. Mo- and more. Uh-huh. I've said this uh, multiple times on this podcast, so there shouldn't be any spoilers to me saying this. I wanted three things to happen uh, in this movie. I wanted to see Han and Chewie meet. And I got to see Han and Chewie meet. I don't think that's a spoiler for anybody. <laughs> um, I wanted to see the Sabak game. And I saw the Sabak game. I saw Han Solo win the uh, Millennium Falcon playing Sabak. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And I wanted to see the Castle Run. And we saw the Castle Run. And we knew that was coming too. Yeah, because so. of the Castle Run Falcon. Yeah, and all I mean, that. it was pretty much sure. So I knew going into it that I was going to see the three things I wanted to see. I just was hoping it was going to be done well. It was done better than I could have dreamed. Mm-hmm. It was two minutes into the movie and I started thinking, he is nailing Han Solo. Yeah, I agree. It did not feel like Alden Ehrenreich pretending to be Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Uh, it felt like Alden Ehrenreich playing the character of Han Solo. Yeah, and it well. made sense. And I absolutely loved it. So that was it. Uh, I... Th- I- this is weird, but I kind of want to rank my top three Star Wars. Okay, go for it. Knock it here. BB Nate, go for it. Yeah. Um, well, one, I know this may be a little weird, but it's uh, solo for now. For now, yeah. Wow. You said that when we were leaving the movie. Okay. And two is, of course, Last Jedi. Okay. Because of Turbis. Right. Because of Turbis. Okay. Oh, three uh, has to be Return of the Jedi. All right. 
I think that's fair. I, I, I I'm gonna I mean, be honest. You're not gonna be in in you're you're in rarefied air calling Solo the best Star Wars movie. There's yeah. not gonna be very many people that put that there because it doesn't have any of the Skywalker saga. It doesn't have the Darth Vader. And that's why I like it. It doesn't have any of that, but it did feel like Star Wars Absolutely. in a really awesome way. It was so much fun. All right, guys, I think I'm done talking about this without spoilers. So let's go so ahead and I'm like trying it's to difficult. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and, and BB Nate. Why don't you tell the fans how they or the listeners how they can support this podcast and help us put these on every week, and then we're going to get into uh, spoiler territory. Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us, so we can do it. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash tattooingsons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. All right. Here we go. You have been warned. It is time for our spoiler-filled reaction to the movie. What did you guys think about Solo, A Star Wars Story? I'm going to let you go first, Samuel Hutt. Talk about some spoilers. What was your favorite spoiler? Well, you can't, don't talk about the big one. Other than the big one that we're holding on to for just a minute. All right. Biggest spoiler that you found. Or biggest surprise from the movie. Let's go with that. Outside of the big one. His last name. Yeah! What was that? Just like... So if, if you don't know, then I don't know why you're still listening to this. But if you don't know what happened, basically Han was uh, needing to get a, to escape, right? Because uh, at the beginning of the movie, Han yeah. is trying to escape with Kira from Corellia, yeah. and they get separated, yeah. and he's kind of forced as he's trying to avoid being captured, forced to try to join the Empire, mm-hmm. and they ask him okay. what his name so is. So they ask him, like, what's your family, or what's your clan, or something like that, and he's like, I, d- I don't have one. So the officer's just kind of sitting there, and he's like, Solo. That's how he got his last name. He was literally, it was literally... Yeah, well, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm alone. I don't have a clan. Right. And so that's when the guy says Solo. Now, some people have reacted pretty negatively to that. I've read some people that think that's kind of stupid, but you seem to love that. Same yeah, it's, that. it's literally because he was Solo. It is the embodiment of Han, like his last name. I just found that perfect. I loved, loved it. It was what'd, such a surprise. What'd you think about that, BB Nate? Um, it, now that you bring it up, I didn't really notice it. Really? What? I, I just thought he was looking at the computer and looking at random Hans around in Corellia, and I thought he figured out that his last name was Han Solo. Oh, so you and didn't so catch he, it. I didn't catch it. Good thing we're having a spoiler episode, huh? Yeah, so you can understand the movie. Now, now it's going to be different. <laughs> Good thing we're seeing it at 11.45 tonight. At 11.45, we'll be seeing it again. You'll see that early on in that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, what about you, BB Nate? What was your, like, other than the big one? Well, hold on. Okay, Before hold me, on. Same with I want to ask you what you thought about that, because this is About the guy. solo thing. Yeah, his last name. Um... Uh, I haven't really thought about whether or not I liked it. And I'm just sort of accepting it, um, if you want to know what I mean. I understand that it seems kind of cheesy that he just got his name Solo that way. Um, But the idea that... Here's why I like it. Or let me say it this way. Here's what I like about that idea. I like the idea 
um, that he doesn't have a clan. He doesn't have a family name. He doesn't have anybody. Uh, he is completely alone. And the only person at this point in the movie that he has any real concern or care or affection for or commitment to is Kira. And he's just been cut off from her even. And so for him to be called Han Solo at that point is probably very appropriate. Coming from someone that's a student of the ancient... Um, uh, context of the the Bible, the, the the scriptures, and knowing the importance of how your name determines your destiny in scripture. I love the idea of Han Solo at the moment where he feels the most alone in his entire life, I'm assuming. In that very moment, he's called, he get, takes the name Han Solo. That was pretty cool. So, All did right. you just hurt yourself or something, yeah. BB Nate? Okay. All right. So, anyways, um, what was your What was your biggest surprise other than the big one? Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Other than the big one. Um it's that that's difficult. Because like they held out all the big surprises to the last one. That last one was pretty big. It was, yeah. it was really big. Um, but I'm I'm just going to say that we see two Sabak games. Yeah. And you yeah. thought that he was just like, oh, one Sabat game, he won the Lady Falcon because he was Yeah, so I mean, good. They, let's just be honest, Disney and Lucasfilm have been lying to us during the marketing of this movie. That's very They true. have been going out of their way to make that the, the one that's in all the trailers and all the pr- promotional art and everything else, that Sabat game. They've been leading you to believe that's the Sabat game that he's going to win the Millennium Falcon. Sorry, I forgot. Um, that isn't my biggest. But surprise. that's a big one. Let's talk about no, that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so let's so, so, so finish up the storyline. Um, at the end of the movie, there's a second Sabat game. Yeah. And uh, so, so Lando's been che- cheats in the first one and he wins. Um, which is an interesting. Let's talk about that. Hold on, I, I want to get to your, your your big thing. But it's interesting because the way that that Sabat game gets sets, sets up sets up another really fun um, kind of uh, Easter egg uh, in the movie, and that is there. Han sits down and he sort of um, tricks and, and manipulates Lando into offering up the Millennium Falcon as um, a, a way to a, a, a bet, a, a wager. In the Sabak game. And he does that by saying that he owns his own ship. And I'm trying to remember which ship that is. It's like the, the LCC 100. No, Something like that. I just had it. I don't know. It's, I had it on my nose. It's the LCC 100. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got it. It's right here. Okay. It is the VCX 100. He says so. So Solo Han Solo says that he has his ship that he's willing to put up against this bet as well as a way to get the Millennium Falcon on the table because they need the Falcon to Kira and he need the Falcon to go do this um, uh, job for Dryden Voss and he uh, puts up the VCX one hundred and what is the VCX one hundred? The ghost it, from Rebels. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not necessarily the ghost, but that model. It is the same basic, it's ship. the same model ship as the ghost. And so I uh, thought that was pretty awesome. That was pretty so cool. That was pretty cool. Okay. Nice little nod there. So, uh, yeah, he didn't have a VCX 100. He was lying, and it, it came back to bite him, but that's just the way a Han Solo movie goes. All right, DB Nate, talk about it. Um, beginning of the movie, we kind of see Han be a mud trooper, that type of stuff. And, oh, yeah. Um, we see the that he does a job on the 
convicts. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we see Rio and Val die in like the first thirty minutes. Yeah. And they were like promoted them huge. Like their their names were on the posters. They were on the posters. You saw a big especially about Val. Them. Val more than anyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you saw Rio was like, "What's your favorite alien? What alien you're excited for on the red carpet premiere?" And they Thanks. made it huge. And then thirty minutes in, in Rio gets shot, and Val blows up. <laughs> Yeah, that was nuts when she blew herself up. Because she had to. Yeah, I mean, she gave herself in order to help Beckett finish the job. Here's what's interesting about that, too, is Val was clearly, like, in relationship with Beckett. You know, she wasn't just part of the crew. They... Were, they, they loved each other. Baby. They cared. Yeah, they loved each other. Yeah. And she gave it up so that Beckett could finish this job. The reason that it was so important for her to give up her life so that Beckett could finish this job was basically she was trying to save Beckett's life. Because if they don't complete this job, they've already made a commitment to Dryden Voss that they will get whatever that stuff is. The, uh, coaxium. Uh, coaxium, yes, that's it. Which we'll talk about that Hyper-feel. in a second because that's pretty interesting. Um yeah, so the the co- coaxium, uh, they promised to get this coaxium for Dryden Voss, and Val knows that if they don't follow through on that promise, that Dryden Voss might kill Beckett. So she's trying to save the day so that Beckett can survive. So yeah, that was a pretty interesting one. Um, cool. What was the big one for you? Other than the big one? Other than, yeah, I mean, yeah, other than the twist. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit on this, but I think it's probably one of the coolest things that has happened in the whole build-up to this. So we're sitting there uh, last weekend watching Empire Strikes Back. You're going to do this. You're going to steal it. Well, okay. I'm going to, it's my, like one of my favorite reveals in this, but I'm going to let you tell the story because it's your story. Okay. Thank you. So we're watching Empire Strikes Back last weekend. Yes. So we are watching Empire and, uh, you know, the hyperdrive's malfunctioning on the Falcon, as it does through the whole movie. And um, it, was, it was while they were in the space vlog, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Han asks 3PO to communicate with the Falcon and see what's wrong, right? Right. Uh, and 3PO's like, where did your ship learn to communicate? It has the most peculiar form of dialect or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the most peculiar dialect, yeah. Um, and I'm just sitting there spitballing and I'm like... What if that's L three in there? <laughs> just as like a, just like an idea, you know. I'm like, what if that's L three? It's so true. We're, All of it. So we're, true, I promise you, that we're not making this up. We're sitting there on the couch. He leans over to me and he tells me, "What if that's L 3 So we're sitting there watching the movie, right? L three gets all <laughs> shot up and torn. In Which half. is another early thing, just like Rio and How just like. Um, Val, it's early on. She get or they're spi- they're at the Spice Mines of Kessel. It's about halfway, actually. yeah, I guess it's about the midpoint. She gets killed, or she gets shot, and what happens? So, and Lando goes to try to save her, and he gets shot. Yeah. So they need to find a way to get out of the. Uh, they're way off track. They're yeah. in the they're in the Falcon. They're back in the in the Maelstrom. Which is what this Kessel Run is all about. There's one run, 25 parsecs long, that goes through to get to Kessel. There's only one way to do it. They set that up earlier in the movie. Yeah. And it's 25 parsecs long. No, he said 25. He said you can't go under 20. He's like, it's basically impossible to go under 20. Anyway. 20 or under. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they're doing this. 
and now they're way off track. They have, to. and they've got to figure out how to get through this, and they have to get the coaxium to this planet, which I can't remember the name of. It, it right away, and because it, it's degrading, it's it's right. destabilizing, and they have to get it there. So, so they have to find a shorter route. So, so um, earlier, uh, Lando had said that L three has like one of the best navigational charts or something in her system ever known, right? So they, so they're like, which is why he won't wipe her memory because she, she's really crazy, she's really peculiar, she says bizarre things, yeah. and Han asks why he hasn't wiped her, wiped her yet, and she's, and he says because she's got this amazing nav computer, right. I can't wipe her. So, basically, Han spits, uh, says, plug her into the Falcon, load her into the Falcon, to get her nav yeah. system, right, to find it out there. So as soon as they. Say that you and I both look at each other. We lean and forward. There's somebody sitting between us. Uh, we both lean forward, look at each other, and then Dad puts up his hand. I five right there in the movie because <laughs> I predicted it. So L three was loaded right into the Falcon. Now it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier today. L three has a hard time getting things to work at one point when she's when she's functioning normal. Yeah, and she beats herself in the head. And the lights come back on, and she starts to function again. Huh. And you remember when Han can't get the Falcon to, li- to light oh, up yeah. in the cockpit? He hits the cockpit, hits- and the lights come back on again. It starts yeah. working right. It's L three in there. It's, it's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it's so cool. fun. I didn't that, so you just pointed that out. Yeah, that's so cool. That's cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about some of the other things that happened in this movie. What are some of the other fun things that happened? All right. Let's just go there. All right. All right. So we got to set this up. So we're at the end of the movie. We're dealing with um, everybody is betrayed. Han at this point, except for Chewie. (laughs) Um, um, We got to come back. Don't let me not talk about that moment. That that whole Chewbacca stuff. Where they meet him. Just everything. Okay. Um, But we're at the end of the movie, and uh, Beckett has betrayed Han, Uh and Lando has left. That's a that's a totally Lando scene. So they're confronting Enfys Nest. Then it's like that whole showdown moment. Yeah. And he says this thing, right now, there's 30... Hired guns. Uh, hired guns on I just that. give them the signal and they're, you're surrounded. Then you see the Falcon pick up. And, the, and Lando and flies the Falcon away. <laughs> How does she bet it's just L3 ready to get away? And know. Lando's, he says, I'm going to be in my master's quarter on my bed waiting for my share. And L3 is just like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Away. And she leaves. That, that would fit L3, actually, um, with it. And so all... Um, you know that's all happened. Lando's gone. Beckett has betrayed him. Kira has like double crossed him twice already. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, in this scene, and um, finally, um, Han goes off to try to get the coaxium back from Beckett and, and rescue Chewie, who's under gunpoint from Beckett. Mm-hmm. And Kira just says she can't go with him, that she has to stay there. She'll be right behind him. Yeah, she'll be behind him or whatever. And he leaves, and she goes off. And she's got this brand on her arm that is with is the Crimson Dawn symbol. It's right. branded on her wrist. And she goes over to Drayden Voss, who's been killed at this point. And he's got that same brand on a ring right? at this point, the Crimson Dawn ring. And she goes, and she takes the ring off of him. She walks up to this uh, module on his desk, and there's a symbol. There's that, that symbol on this module she puts the ring in it twists it. twists it and then the whole the the 
room goes like dark. room goes dark and a holler projector turns on and you see this character in a in a it clearly looks like a sith robe like he's that. all hunched over you know, and my initial like reaction is what is the emperor doing yeah. with this steel Shoes, boots. Well, no, you don't even see that yet. At first, you're seeing just the robes and hologram, and so it immediately makes you think of the Emperor because that's been the Emperor in a lot of these movies. And then, as and Kira's reporting back to him Uh what's happened, and then as you get a better view of what's going on, you're right, BB Nate. What do you see? Like steel boots, like boots, silver, metal metal legs, and stuff like that. And then, and that's like doesn't make sense. And then you hear him start to speak, and and. And immediately I'm like, no. I'm going to be honest with you. My first thought was not, is that Darth Maul? I'm like, that sounds just like Sam Witwer. And that's, what, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And then I realized that, wait, that means that this is... And, they, and then they pull up to the front. They come around to the front of this character. And he's all hooded. And I'm like, it's... And, and then I noticed it, it. So I noticed it when I heard the voice and saw the legs. I'm like, oh my... God. I know. So so they come around and I'm like, it cannot be. This cannot be who we think it is. And then he pulls back his robe. And who is standing there or sitting there, BB Nate? Darth Maul. Darth, Darth friggin' Maul. Maul. And if and, and then my next thought is every person in this theater that doesn't watch the Clone Wars or Rebels is completely confused yes. right now. They have no idea how this can be happening, which is fine because then they'll go back and they'll watch some great Star Wars entertainment to try right? to figure it out. But people but will Darth be still angry. Maul, Kira, Darth Maul is running Crimson Dawn. Yes. Now, Sam, or BB Nate, do you remember sort of the plot line from the Clone Wars that helped that kind of plays into this? Or you remember it much? Because um, we watched a lot of those episodes in one day, like two yeah. or three days. <laughs> yeah. We watched a lot of them. Um, I do remember the Mollarks the best. Okay, so so obviously Crimson Dawn is a crime syndicate. Um, it's a mob, mafia type, organized crime type thing. And why? How can we? Why, why does it make sense that Darth Maul is running a crime syndicate called Crimson Dawn? Do you remember that from the Clone Wars? No, no, I don't remember. Samuel, yeah, do you I don't remember? remember those arcs? Okay, we so need here, to rewatch those so here's guys. what happens. So the whole, you know, he gets. He gets rediscovered. He's in the spider legs. He goes back to Mother Towson on the on Dathomir. She goes ahead and changes the legs to these two legs that have like big prongs on the feet. And then she gets damaged later. His Savage, uh, Savage Opress is his brother. And they go off. He starts to train Savage Opress to be his apprentice. He gets damaged. They make new, uh, Mandalorian legs. Yeah, uh, for him normal. that look more like human legs they fit that anatomy situation he ends up taking over Mandalore and he starts partnering with the, the Huts and the Pikes and the Black Sun and all of the, these um, oh, yeah, these right. different groups he brings them all together and I'm trying to remember the name of um, the crime syndicate I'm trying to remember what it's called uh, I have it over here. Shadow Collective. That's what it is. The Shadow. He creates the Shadow Collective, which is a crime syndicate, and he gets defeated. And of course, if you know the rest of the story, the Emperor kills Savage Opress, and he and he um, he doesn't kill um, um, Darth Maul, but he wants Darth Maul to live in humiliation, and it's all this big storyline, right? But um, the the crime syndicate breaks up at the end of the Clone Wars in this. But apparently, Darth Maul's not done being a mob boss. Because he's put together Crimson Dawn at this point, and he's the one that. And Dryden Boss talks about this earlier. He's like, "There's people I have to answer to." 
yeah. is what's going on. And he's when he says that, he's terrified of the person yeah. he has to answer to. The person he has to answer to is, Dar- is Darth Maul. Maul at this point. So there's this gap between the end of the Clone Wars, when we last see Darth Maul, and the beginning of when we see him in season two of uh, the finale of season two of Rebels, season, uh, of that, where something goes on that we don't understand because at that one he's on that um, he's on Malachor um, at that point and he's been stranded there. His ship breaks down when he comes there to a Jedi temple to find Sith artifacts. It breaks down and he's been stranded there for some extended period of time mm-hmm. on Malachor. And that's where we think he's been basically since the Clone Wars. But that's not the case. He was leading a crime syndicate and doing a bunch of other stuff. So what did you think about the big ending there? That big reveal where Darth Maul and, – and we won't talk about where we think it goes. But I mean, how, how, do you think that, that that was a good part of the movie or, or uh, what? Amazing. Even cooler because just the day before, I got a shout out. From Sam, Sam Witwer, the voice of that Darth Maul. It was so also, awesome. we happened to watch Twin Sons that day, just you know because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like it all just kind of came together right there. Yeah, and Sam Witwer played the voice of Darth Maul in, in this that, movie. It yeah. is so cool, and I lo- I love that twist. I, no one saw it coming. It was good. I love that. Loved can I story. can I can I let you know a little secret? Yeah. One YouTuber predicted <gasps> it. Was it Mike Zero? It was Mike Zero. No freaking. He way. listed people. He thought he heard he had a rumor. There was a major cameo, but the cameo wasn't going to be Jabba. It wasn't going to be Boba. It wasn't going to be Obi Wan. Even that it was probably going to be. He thought he started speculating. Yeah, and he says it could be the Emperor. Mm-hmm. I think it could be Darth Maul. Is what he said, huh. or it could be Yoda. But he was right. He got it. He, he was one of those predictions. Really? Right. Even Mike Zero got this one. Well, I mean, I made a prediction and I got it right too. So you know, anything can happen. You did make a prediction that you got right. It so anything awesome. can happen. All right. So I want to go back. Oh, let's see. Well, there was so much stuff that I wanted to talk about. I said like twice in the. There's so much in this movie. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Chewbacca. Woo! What did you guys think about? Just in, do do it again. No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about Chewbacca in general in this movie? I um, felt true to the character. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's weird, but. There are different characters for each Chewbacca, and different you know actors. it's Alden Ehrenreich. Different actors, you mean? Yeah, it's Alden Ehrenreich for Harrison Ford, and people were afraid of that. I was like thinking, what about Chewbacca? Peter Mayhew did such a good job, and with this movie, it, I kept thinking it just acts like the Peter Mayhew one, and yeah. I kept trying to match it up. And in the scene where Chewbacca's in the mud and. Oh yeah, so we get, so this is how we meet. This is how we meet him. So heartbreaking. So there's this scene at, at very early on in the movie when Han is now a member of the Empire. He was in flight training, and he says he got kicked out of flight training for having a mind of his own. That's a line that you heard from the, um, the one of the trailers. But now he's in infantry because of it, and they're fighting this battle that's reminiscent of a World War One trench warfare very, battle. Very graphic. It was very, pretty intense. Uh, intense stuff blowing up, and you can see, see there's almost shell shock setting in on on Han Solo at this point. Like he doesn't know what to do. His his commanding officer gets blown up right in front of him, like vaporized. Yeah, basically. and he can't. You know, he's he's trying to figure out what to do, and he ends up finding Beckett and Val and one another trooper in a it mask. Was real. But it was actually Rio in yeah. disguise, and he thinks that there that he needs to follow Captain Beckett, 
Um, when it, Captain Beckett's not really a captain, he's working a job, he's going to steal this ship. And so he wants to join the crew. He figures it out um, and throughout the movie, and he wants to, to steal the ship. And instead, Captain Beckett, or, or uh, Beckett, Beckett. Tobias Beckett, turns, uh, turns him in as a deserter. Um, using his captain status, and he gets thrown um, into basically what, you, what looks kind of like a rancor uh, pit. Yeah. And he gets. To, they're saying he's going to throw him to the beast. What did you think when you when you heard Is that? They even ha- they haven't fed the beast in three days. Yeah. So what did you think was going to be that the beast? I thought it was going to be like something sort of like um, a wampa. Is what I kind of thought. Like something no, like a wampa. Like, yeah, that or like uh, borgulet or something weird like that. Yeah, that's some kind of like a ranker type. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's pretty much the common concept, uh, or what people were thinking with it. I'm going to be honest with you. When he said, "I'm going to throw him to the beast," he hasn't eaten in three days. I knew immediately that that had to be Chewbacca in there, and this was the meeting. I just sensed it, and it broke my heart. Always oh. thinking with your stomach. <laughs> Yeah, he does say that. You're always thinking. He says that in a later movie, doesn't he? He hasn't eaten for three days, and you get, you get in there. He gets thrown into this muddy, disgusting pit, and he's chained to the beast. Yeah, um, in this pit, and you you're, you can't really see the beast. You just hear him a little bit. You see pieces of him, his arms, his leg, his that, in the shadows and stuff. And he's he's just he's just pummeling Han in this. And I just I know I know I, at this point I know. It's it's Chewbacca. Yeah. When did you guys figure out that it was Chewbacca? Uh, when, when I saw his foot. His, yeah, his foot and his arms and stuff. Yes, it was money. And I'm like, wait, that's a little bit weird. But I think I'm like, I think it's Chewbacca. And then when I saw his arm, I'm like, yeah, it's definitely Chewbacca. From and then and then they get to this point where you know Han's trying to talk his way out of this thing, like he does in every movie. Same thing um, I always do. Talk my way out of it. Right. Exactly. So he's talking his way out of it. And he starts realizing he needs he needs to communicate a little differently with Chewbacca with this beast that's in there, and he starts talking Wookie, which was hilarious because his Wookie impersonation is horrible. Bad. It was, and I think it was intentionally bad. Yeah, um, with it, but he starts like, talking Wookie, and then at this point you see the beast come out of the shadows just a little bit, and there's Chewbacca, and he's standing there ragged. And thin and covered with mud and mangy in a lot of ways. And just, it's it's pitiful is the only way I can describe it. And as soon as I see him like that, I realize this is a general of Kashyyyk. I think back, my mind goes back to episode three, Revenge of the Sith, Mm. the Battle of Kashyyyk. He's friends with Yoda. He's, He's a general... In the army on Kashyyyk, he's a man of of, of, a, of a, a creature, a being of honor and respect, and he has been degraded to this point. And he's standing there, and it's just pitiful. And that's one. Of, that's a moment where I just my heart broke for the character because you just realize how bad. I mean, I teared up a little bit with that. Not because I mean, it's, I, I know that he's going to get out of it, but to see this great general go to this low point. Um, it was it was really sad. What did you think about when you saw him fully and you kind of realized the impact of that? Did it hit you guys like it hit me? Or? Uh, it was pretty depressing. It it, it was, but <laughs> it was like that's the connection between Han and Chewbacca. Han had to speak in Wookiee, yes. And you saw how terrible he spoke Wookiee. All of his grammar was messed up, kind of like Yoda. And oh yeah, with the subtitles. Yeah, yeah. it was great. It, but 
that's the connection he had right at the beginning, and that's a weird way for them to meet. Yeah, I was going to get eaten by you. All right, let's be friends. Like, like, but, but, but let's be honest, that's the way Han is throughout the entire movie. Because Han doesn't have friends. So he doesn't have relationships that have lasted over time. So the second he has a chance that he thinks that there's a relationship, that person's his friend. It's the way he describes Beckett and Val and Rio to Chewbacca after they break out oh, yeah, of the thing. He's like, oh, these are my friends. You know, they're great friends. They just threw him into the pit. They had him turned in. And he's like, no, they're my friends. Yeah, I got some good friends. Which then makes the moments sort of in, in A New Hope. They're on Yavin finally. They get the Death Star plans to the rebels. And what does Han want to do? He wants to desert Leia. And Luke, he wants to leave him, mm-hmm. um, which is not the way that Han is in this movie. No. Han in this movie is like, if you want to be my friend or if there's any chance you're going to be my friend, I want to be your friend. I want to be loyal to you. I want to be connected to you. And by the time we get to A New Hope, it's like, see you, kid. Yeah. I'm taking care of me and me alone. Mm-hmm. I got money that I got to go pay to Jabba or I'm dead um, with it. Yeah. See ya. He turns into Beckett. Yeah. From between this movie and A New Hope, he turns into Beckett. What do you guys think about that idea? It's understandable, like, because of how he was betrayed, and he probably got his heart broken in more ways than one, uh, and that probably screwed him up. So you're going to, I mean, if that happened to me, I'm going to become this cynical jerk, for lack of a better word. What about you, Nate? What did you think about that? The character development from between this movie and A New Hope, that 10-year period? Um... It's very different. Because in this movie, he's like, I have a really good feeling about this. And, hey, I just met you and you're my friend. And (laughs) all is happy and good and all of Star Wars. And it'll all work out. And it'll all work out. Yeah, it's it's fine. In A New Hope, he's doubtful about everything. Yeah, he becomes old and cynical and bitter and and, and, tr- and, and you see that Chewbacca and it's just him and Chewbacca and that's and, it. And the only person Chewbacca. he cares about is he, he's trying to change um, Han, and it's it's very difficult for the yeah, yeah. sole reason of he got betrayed by. I think the main thing was Beckett because Beckett's like, hey, no, I don't think it was Beckett. It was. I think it was Kira. Kira, you had predicted it. You said it. This is one of your predictions that you said absolutely you were confident it was going to happen. And that was that Kira was going to betray Han Solo. And, and, totally and that was at, one of my predictions was, right? Haha, <laughs> Mike Zero. Um, Lando betraying Han. Yeah, you got that one too. So, yep. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then I think that we've settled the uh, who shot first argument in this movie. Yes. Because at the end, oh, yeah. Chewbacca is is being held against his will by Beckett, and Han goes off to try to save Chewbacca, and they're both standing there, Han and, and Beckett, standing each other, guns pointed at each other, and Beckett is trying to pull talk Han, his, talk, his, talk way his way out of it like Han, uh-huh. and BB Nate. What happens? He's in the middle of his talking and he's all like, uh, yeah, you're a great kid and I was surprised by you, but I had to do this and bang, he got shot well, by Han. it wasn't unprovoked, uh, or whatever. 
um, because you see Beckett starting to put his finger on the trigger and about to raise his gun. So Han... Han knew it. Shot him. And he just shot him straight in the chest. Right? Like right in the right heart. Right in the heart. Han shot first. Mm. <laughs> I think that's pretty so cool. sad though. Yeah. And then he's holding Beckett as he's dying. Like mm. this intimate moment. Yeah, it reminded me of Obi-Wan and, or Ben and, and uh, Maul. Maul yeah. and the other twin sons. Uh, and, and Beckett's like, smart move, kid. I would have killed you. Oh, it's sad. Man, this movie. Oh, it's the present. emotion to it. So. There are so much more that we go. Oh, there was, there was the, um, uh, did you catch the I know moment? I no. think so. So, uh. After they land the trashed Millennium Falcon on that planet to get the mm-hmm. stuff refined um, with it, um, Han comes up to Lando and Lando's looking at the Falcon and he's just devastated by how just a mess. They just finished the Kessel Run and the tra- and now the Millennium Falcon's gone from that beautiful one that we see in the movie to mm-hmm. the one that's basically the, the piece of junk. Yeah, uh, Millennium Falcon and. Uh, Lando's just staring at it, kind of like trying to what what is wrong? What, what do I do with, now? Yeah, with my ship? And Han comes up and he puts his arm around him and he says something. I don't even remember what he says. And and Lando looks at him and says, "I hate you." And Han goes, "I know, I know." <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, so I think. Um, I'm not sure everyone will get this reference. I barely get it. But I think Tag and Bink were in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so explain explain the reference. Yeah. So basically, they're a couple of characters who were in comics, I think. They were around yeah, for a whole while. Yeah, there was a whole series. Yeah. Um, and basically, they're sort of like the uh, slapstick characters who are always in the right place at the wrong time. Um, you know, they were always in the important moments of Star Wars. Like, they would be at the first Death Star blowing up. They're kind of like the Forrest Gump of Star Wars. Yes. They would be, you know, at the Death Star blowing up. They'd make it out. They, you know, they'd be at uh, Jabba's Palace when Luke is saving Leia and all of them. They just happen to be at, at all the important moments um, or whatever. Uh, and I think that they were in this movie. Because you see uh, Ron Howard took a picture of a couple of dudes and was like, tag and bank, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this movie, you see Han, he's thrown down into that pit where Chewie is, and there's a couple of mud troopers in masks on top watching through the grates, you know, like, come on, get him, you know, like cheering for the uh, yeah. uh, the beast yeah, to the kill beast Han. They're like, come on, hit him, I'll move out of the way, I want to see him get beat up or whatever, you know? Uh, and they kept saying, you know, funny little comments like that, and then, they, you know, the Chewie hits the pole or whatever, and they fall, you know, they fall down or whatever. And I feel like that that could have easily been Tag and Bink. And I'm kind of hoping it was because it'd be kind of a little cool, little cool reference or whatever. Cool. So that's awesome. Well, here's the thing: there are like I've got like 40 points st- still on my notes that I had prepared to talk about that we obviously aren't going to get a chance uh, to talk about. Yeah. And so um, what we'll maybe do next episode podcast. is we'll do a whole episode of just nothing but Easter eggs. Oh. And we'll talk about Easter eggs and soul. You guys think that's cool? Because there's a ton. Yeah. There's a, there's a, did you know that there's a Purgle's Easter egg? Purgle, really? Yeah. Like, it's a major plot line in the entire movie, and you guys don't know it. It's about the Coaxium. Yes, you got it. Oh, yeah. They're the ones that produce Coaxium for, for, for uh, hyperspace. And they use it, they refine it for that as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's also, a lot. I just, can I just point yeah, out one quick it. little Easter egg? Yeah. My friend noticed it while we were there. In uh, Dryden Boss's office, he has all those little totems or whatever. You can actually see the uh, the idol from the first Indiana Jones, where you know where where um, 
you know, he's Indiana's about to uh, take the idol and yeah, puts yeah. a bag of sand on there. At the very beginning. That yeah. idol. It's in there. It is, as well as some different tiles from a scene in the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, and a crystal skull. I know, it's the big crystal skull. Yeah, yeah. Crystal skull, okay. Which is also a tie back to a, a, one, a 1980 Han Solo novel that came out. Really? Yep. All right. Um, Han and Lando story. Last one, Nate. I'm just, I'm just saying, it, it does tie in with the whole... Indiana Jones is the dreams of Han Solo. <laughs> kind of does he actually. Saw the idol. That's what he thought of. He saw the tiles. He's thinking of that. So those things are coming back in his dreams while he's in Carbonite. I could yeah. see it. Ooh, I like this. I like that I'm idea. Going, it's canon. It's our story. It's yep. canon for us. Now. We're sticking to it. All right, we got a, we got one more subject we got to talk about tonight. I don't oh, know how sorry. long it'll go, but let's uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about. Thank you so much for all of you guys that are our Patreon supporters. We cannot do this without you. You guys make this show possible. Thank you so much for it. If you love this show and you're not a Patreon supporter, Samuel the Hutt wants to tell you how you can do that. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Samuel the Hutt. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. BB Nate and I love talking about stars with our dad, and we couldn't do it without the faithful support of our friends at Patreon. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash Tatooine Sons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. All right, so normally at this point we do our special what if segment where we take the uh, we change something in the Star Wars story and say what if that would happen, yeah, um, and then we kind of play out where things go within the saga with it. Uh, rather than doing a what if segment like that tonight, let's just speculate as to what happens now in the solo st- in the storyline from the end of a solo solo a Star Wars story to the beginning of a New Hope. I'm gonna let you go first, Samuel. What what do you think happens in this? Jeez. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start state the obvious first. Han starts working for Jabba. Which they allude to. Yes. There's and a big gangster are. on Tatooine that has a big de- a job that you can go do. It, but, so. Yeah. Um, and that's obvious because you see him working for Jabba. Uh, um, you know, I, it's really tough to say. I'm certain that there's been a few comics and stuff that have uh, done that. Obviously, he gets his wife somewhere along the way. Yeah, well, that's a, there's a big part of that in the that was uh, last in the, shot novel. There was that was in like a, I think it was Doctor or no, it was Screaming Citadel or something like that. Yeah, something like that. He's got a wife. Yeah, no, it's talked about in, in last shot. It's kind of a, a, a little crazy. So he's got to find his wife somewhere along the way, which I'm surprised he opened himself back. What about up. the Darth Maul Kira element? Yeah, that. Uh, I I don't know. So obviously he's got to go from. Huge crime boss to stranded, stranded on a on Malachor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a course of like what four years, five years. Uh, let's see. If this is ten years before uh, a New Hope, then he's probably six or seven years. He's oh, got to be have been have been stranded for some period of time. Hmm. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, how about Darth Maul and Kira? We do see Darth Maul. He's like, come to Dathomir. We have to talk. And then you immediately see him ignite his lightsaber. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. But The same of, lightsaber he has in Rebels. Yes, which was actually really awesome. And it was kind of cool. But um, I think Kira dies at that moment by Darth Maul's hand. Oh, you think she's failed him? So She's Darth failed Maul's him and so him. just... Kills her? Just is so angry that he's like, I'm Yikes, done. That's intense. 
And he and even not even Drayden Voss, like a really bad dude in this movie that we see, was afraid to report to Darth Maul. Yeah. And so and Kira you could tell had that Kira to, was pretty yeah. freaked out. Have you, do you think that Kira knew him? I think she did because we did talk in the elevator. She's like, "If I don't get this job done, I'm dead." Well, I think that I I alluded. I thought that was Drayden Boss. Yes, but but she said that even Drayden Boss has people he answers to. Yeah. So I think I think she knows who Maul is and like what he he, his significance and prestige. And and he did kind of recognize her when. Yeah, it seems like he knew she he knew she who she was. I think that. he even mentions her by name, I think. He might, yeah. I think that um, they don't put Darth Maul in this movie lightly. Yeah. Uh, you don't put him in there just to say, hey, that was cool. We got to put Darth Maul at the end of this movie. I think they're planning on some type of a storyline, either yeah. a, a TV series, animated series, a, um, a, a maybe a solo sequel uh, to this. Something I I think you've got to see that that happen somewhere. I just don't think you can have much interaction between Maul and Solo himself yeah. because of Solo's opinion regarding the Force in A New Hope, and he doesn't believe in it. He doesn't agree, mm-hmm. think it's real, and that kind of thing. And how can he stand up against Maul? Like, right. Let's be honest here. So um, maybe we have Maul in the background somewhere in another Solo movie where Solo is trying to get back to Kira or trying to, to, you know, he's interacting with her in some way. Um, But I think that Kira is not gone anywhere. And in fact, did you guys know they released a new Forces of Destiny today with Kira? Really? Yep, today. So they've got a plan for Kira. And they've got a plan for Darth Maul. that's the first Forces of Destiny where, like, the main character is a bad guy, isn't it? Hmm. I don't know of another that's like that. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I mean, unless you want to look at Anakin Skywalker as being a bad guy. But anyway. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Gosh. So. He's very disturbing in those animated shorts. He doesn't look he is a, he His is hair is like, like an anime girl and stuff. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's it that for was a the short segment. That was. But, but we're uh, um, getting excited. ready to go to Solo. And I'm just sort of like chill right now. Yeah. Ready to go see this thing again. Chill. Um, How can you not be chill? chill? I'm excited to know. I'm excited. Now. But like... Oh, I might, might take a nap before we go. But anyway, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about this week? Anything else? Uh, we, um, I don't know. You may have heard, but there's like, it's been confirmed that the that there's a um, I don't know a movie. Spit it out, Spanky. Of of Boba Fett. Now here's the thing. It keeps every news article says it's confirmed or official. Except nothing has actually been confirmed and is official from Lucasfilm. It's official, okay. Why do you say this? Because it has to be. Sam is really excited. You want to tell me what your birthday gift from your dad was? Did you forget your birthday gift from your dad already? No, a bunch of... It was from both of you guys. The shirt. The shirt. It was a Boba Fett shirt. And the cards. cards. Yeah. So I got like a brick. My thing's like magic tricks and stuff, so I love playing cards, right? So they gave me like four decks of just Boba Fett playing cards. They're amazing. They all have like different artworks on them or like concept arts or stills from movies or whatever. So those are awesome. But then he got me a shirt that looks like an actual, like a regular playing card, like a court card design, but it's Boba Fett. Freaking awesome! It's probably my new favorite and, Star Wars shirt. And ever. and by the way, when Sammy was uh, talking about the cards, he had a card in his hand and he gestured it so you could see it. But this is podcast, so nobody could see it. By the way, they are really cool though. Like, the one he has in his hand is 
from a comic book. Yeah, I, see. I don't know if you can see it, but... It's pretty awesome. It's pretty right. cool, yeah. Yeah, that's a great podcast right there. All right, yeah, you, anything you want to talk about? Uh, you didn't get to talk about Nate, BB Nate. Um, Galaxy's Edge, maybe this is kind of a good date that they're trying to project is um, summer of 2019. Getting close, and I am so excited. And I think they, I don't know, it, it, it may come across for me again tonight, but I did think like of a part during. Um, haunt the solo movie that kind of made me think oh maybe that could be part of the rides and i don't know what part it was mm. i just remembered it and i'm pretty sure i thought of the millennium falcon ride that they're talking about doing interesting i thought it was set in more of the force awakens type period oh it is but no, it's a millennium we're, we're, falcon oh, yeah. ride he's talking That's about that oh yeah uh, i think it was that some of the uh, mechanics since i was kept thinking about how in during the opening premiere they're like you could if you push these hyperspace controls forward then it'll go this, it was like a practical effect. Yeah. Hyperspace. And I'm pretty sure that I'm thinking like, oh, maybe they could use that for the r- actual ride. And so that's how it'll be like. That's Which, cool. And then maybe you fly through the freaking castle run. And if you don't do it correctly, like they say, you lose. And they, they say, say that you can lose that ride. You can, really? you can lose yeah, that ride. You can like not do it right. And like during even the Stormtrooper thing, you can lose. And like it's, wow. it's interactive. People say that it's not happily ever after in the Star Wars land. And I'm wow. Like, That's cool. I'm Very like, cool. this could right. be better. Any, anything else for you, Dad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a, in the comic book, um, the, the new Poe Dameron comic book that came out, Leia basically says that Poe Dameron's force sensitive. Well. It's, hey, it's uh, mine is a lot more legitimate than your official. So, but the way she said it, it could have meant that even. Of course you're force sensitive is basically what she yeah, said. Yeah, everyone's force sensitive. Well. Poe Dameron's force sensitive. Yeah, so it's Jar Jar Binks and Slash. Oh, no, we're not going down the Jar Jar Binks. Although, I'm Odd Best did wish you happy birthday. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So we have to shout out to you, Mod Best. For yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, if you're listening on, to our man. podcast, great job, Jar Jar. Thanks, dude. Thanks for that. Um, all right. He's um, not the same Jar Jar podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about next week's or this current week, I guess. This week's poll, podcast poll of the week. Ready? Aim and fire! All right, on a scale of one to ten, one being Bantha Poodoo. I just like putting that in there because that's fun. Uh, one being Bantha Pudu, ten being one with the Force. What did you think about Solo, a Star Wars story? So if you go to our Twitter page and search uh, Tatooine Sons poll, you'll be able to find that no problem. Give us a vote on that. Um, I guess that's it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening yeah. uh, to the podcast again this week. We appreciate it very, very much. If you're not subscribing, please go on iTunes and subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Comment on this. Share this with others. Um, if you're not a Patreon supporter, we would love for you to join our Patreon family and be a part of us that way. Anything else you guys want to share with our friends and our listeners? I have a good feeling about this. Oh, he changed uh, it up. He usually says, "Well, I'm going to go with the old classic." May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Are you brainless? I never ask that question till after I've done it. Miss Martin, this the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Yep, yep. Shouldn't shopping.
anything be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist. The brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it. Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations. Shouldn't shopping be as much fun as summer itself? That's what Macy's Backstage is all about. We've got the finds you can't resist. The brands you love, swimwear, shorts, sandals, everything for outdoor entertaining, pool parties, and more. With new deals arriving every week at prices so low, you never need a coupon. And when you see something, get it. Because it's here today, gone tomorrow. That's the excitement of never knowing what you'll find, but always finding something. And just like summer, there's no better feeling. Visit Macy'sBackstage.com for locations.